You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the Just Jazz and Co podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest today, Sephora Amlan. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm excited, to be honest. <laughs> That's why I can't stop Yay. smiling. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I am too, um, before I even hit record, I was saying to Sephora, there's so many directions that we can go into with this. There's so many topics that we're both really passionate about. Um, but let's start off from the top. Uh, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, I can. Um, so I'm Sephora Amlan. I currently work at Neo Group as the Partnerships and Employability Lead. Um, and I'm just passionate about um, seeing more Black women transition into tech, which is a huge part of my role um, via our Neo Boot Camps, which is our training ground for Black women. But outside of that, I'm a social change advocate. I'm anywhere anywhere where there's social impact and there's an opportunity to make people's lives better via education or um, professionally then I'm always there to kind of, to advocate for that but also I'm a believer I'm a Christian um, and I'm just passionate about my faith because that's what keeps me going and I'm passionate about young women um, so I take pride in being a mentor and a school governor so yeah bit about me oh amazing and I love that like all the way through everything that you described I'm just hearing values I'm hearing Mm. values-led work values-led life impact 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 how did you come to doing all of those things what was your journey yeah, I think um, from when you're young, you you notice certain habits that you may have. You might find yourself particularly passionate about something. I was always that young person who was always like a school, you know, in school council, or always wanted to advocate for other people. Um, always was encouraging my friends, or just having those traits. And when I was really young, I ended up doing a lot of community engagement work. So I'm originally from Côte d'Ivoire, which is Ivory Coast, right next to Ghana. We speak French. And I was um, basically the vice president of the youth for about three years. I thought I was only going to volunteer for three months. That's something that your mom tells you, oh, you need to go and help your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I ended up doing it for three years. Um, and I and I just, I was really just passionate about just supporting the community. So I realized very early on that I couldn't work in a role um, where there wasn't any form of social change. But at the same time, mm. I knew that I wasn't going to just stay in a charity or anything because I wanted to make money. So, um, yeah, so I knew that I, I just love social impact or social change. I needed to have an organization that still had a cause and certain values that it needed to achieve mm. because I'm a very, um, yeah, I'm just somebody that's very into like social change and values and social impact. So I guess that's how I knew very early on. Yeah. That's huge. And I and I love the fact that you mentioned that because I think 
that's a big thing for me that attracted me to tech, which was the money. And also as a fellow believer, there's a lot that you hear about money. And I think um, I find the same thing when I work with my clients about like ambition. It's like, oh no, it's selfish. It's And it's like the seed that I can sow with greater resources. That's what I'm talking about when I say, I'm not going to do it in a charity. Let me go to the private sector and still make impact just in a different way. Yeah. How, like, was that ever a sort of conundrum for you or was it always kind of a pretty clear, like, thing? Was there any angst around sort of not saying no to the charity route? I mean, it's always a journey and I tell people that, you know, Mm. um, the more, the older you get, the more you evolve because you've done so many different roles that you start to understand what your capacities are. Um, So... I actually, I served in a charity when I was, you know, vice president of the Mm -hmm. youth, et cetera, which was, which was great. But I knew that there were a lot of limited resources and I know that you've got to heavily rely on funding. So I liked a lot of the social enterprises because I saw that there was still, uh, there was still the ability to make profit, but it will still go back towards a social change um, initiative. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Um, when you're coming out of university, the first thing you want to do is just make money. You want to just graduate, get a role, and that's completely <laughs> understandable. You want to start making income that you feel like will be uh, enough for you um, in whatever season mm. you're in. And for me, I was I thought I wanted to work in the city. You know, you hear about Canary Wharf and all of that. You just want to be like the big yeah. girl. <laughs> you want to look, you My know. pencil skirt, you let's pencil go. Skirt. <laughs> Especially like I'm somebody who loves like really nice corporate wear. If you watch suits, yeah. trust me, they always like dress nice. Um, but I feel like there's certain things where you will get a conviction and I think you'll get that feeling when you're going against who you truly are. It just feels really mm. hard, right? It feels unnecessarily hard because there's challenges mm. and then there's just this hardship and this that, that nugging feeling that you just can't get out of, even though you might be able to do the role, but it just goes against your mm. person and it goes against your makeup. It goes against um, your values, your character, your personality and... Yeah, I think that was an indication that, okay, there's only certain environments where I can really thrive and be more of myself in. I don't think there's any perfect environment, but they are going to be environments where you're going to play more to your strengths and more towards your values than others. And I think as you go through this journey, you then discover that. And I think that's how I discovered mine, basically. Yeah, yeah, 100%. One of the things I say to my clients all the time is that you can't stand up straight when you are crunching yourself to fit in. Exactly. Right, or you feel like you're being crushed into a shape that's just not you. Yeah, and it takes so much of your energy, and quite often it leads, like for me, it leads to burnout. For a lot of people, it leads to imposter syndrome. For a lot of people, it leads to self doubt, which is different to imposter syndrome. It leads to just a lot of angst and a lot of stress, and it can be like, but what? I should be happy. I'm being paid. I have a job, and it's like. Uh, but how are you treated? How do you feel when you're doing that job? How do you feel about, like, in the grand scheme, the actual work that you do and the impact that you make? And how do you feel on that Monday morning, right, when you have to go in or log on? And does that feel good for you? Is that sustainable for you? Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, um, hmm. it's it's a journey as well. You might not know that from the jump. But I think one thing that is really key is, Really, one, be honest with yourself. Two, ask people around you, people that you trust, mm-hmm. like even family. I think I think you should definitely ask family members as well as friends because family, especially if it's like mom or siblings, they see, they probably have been around you 
you know, your whole entire life. They see things that people don't see. Sometimes, depending on the mm. proximity of your friendships, they can only might they might just see one side to you, so they might not have the full yeah. picture. But sometimes the family members they've seen it all so they can be honest and be like yeah. you're you know my mom always said you're a people's person you know because <laughs> i am but that, but she knows you yeah. knew that from when i was young without Beginning. second guessing yeah 100 so you have to do that i think one thing that helped me as well was understanding my personality type to an extent mm-hmm. um I'm a, i have a more extroverted i'm more towards the extrovertedness the extroverted side mm. even though i definitely have become more ambiverted as i've gotten older um and i i think because I have an ENFJ personality, so I'm very much <laughs> extroverted. <Snap>. Like, <laughs> is that you? Literally. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <that's> okay. <laughs> so, you know, we're very passionate. We're encouragers. We love to see people mm-hmm. thrive and all of that. And I think there's a lot of element of truth that I saw in that. And I think that helped to confirm a lot of things that I had noticed in the workplace that I was really just lying to myself. Like, I'm not the most analytical mm-hmm. person. I don't really like anything to do with numbers as much unless I'm counting money but I don't like to do I don't like to you know I don't really like to do anything that requires me to just work on data day in and day out I have to be client facing so just be honest with yourself go in off and research ask people um and just be intentional about wanting to know who you are and not being afraid of what you see as well um yeah Oh, that's huge. And it's like being open, you know, before we hit record, I was explaining at the time of recording, I'm looking for a new role and a new opportunity. And, you know, even that having conversations with my friends and I actually turned to my friend, I was like, oh, I've seen some stuff in like learning and development and employee engagement. And she was just like, you should do it. You do it already. Like, will you like go for it? And I was like, but I, I want this particular thing over here. And it's like a whole new something, you know, and I'm having this conversation candidly as a career coach. Like if I wanted to transition, I a thousand percent could, but it's like, if I didn't have this space and that mirror to reflect back, like, and just listen and go like, why do you see that as a potential career path for me? No, you knowing what you know about me. And obviously that just being one perspective. And like one of the big things that I love to ask, I encourage people to ask their loved ones is when have you seen me at like, not only my, my happiest, but in my element. Right. And the answers that we get there can be quite surprising because they could be things that, again, we take for granted because we just do it. Do you know I mean, they could be like when you kicked into gear at your base, you know, your best friend's baby shower and you just coordinated everything and you made even the people who came alone feel really at ease and, da, 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 and you're just like, I was just. Who doesn't do that? Like, like who does that? I was just being me. And it's just like, no, but you have a gift for that. And it's like, okay, how, like, how would I feel if I get to use that gift every day and call that my job or at least part of my job? And I think getting curious and exactly what you said is, is like so on point where it's just like, don't be afraid of what you see or what you find out, what you discover about yourself. Um, because like, that's it. Like it's, it's quite often a blessing in disguise. It may be uncomfortable. It might be for want of a better word long. You might be like, Oh, but then if I do this, then I've got to change that. And it's like more often than not, the, the, the learning is refreshing and enlightening and will serve you for whatever else is kind of further down the road. Yeah, definitely. I think don't be afraid I, 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 people always say don't be afraid to reinvent yourself but I think you can be multifaceted mm. um, multifaceted with a focus though 
Um, and like I say, every yeah. the, the different jobs you might do, you have to see as assignments, which I, I think I was saying to you earlier, mm. um, they're different you know, phases that you may go through and you can't just identify as that as the final point. Um, two, yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, based on our upbringing or based on societal perspectives, um, we might find out that what we actually did really desire to do and what we naturally thrive in doesn't appear to be a top quality job to the outside mm. world, to, to society. You know, imagine if you find out that you might be, I know now it's a big thing to be a creative, et cetera, but back then, right, just saying to someone, I want to just um, do podcasts, for example, like what you're doing, could have been mm. very strange to somebody who might be working oh, in yeah, a bank yeah. as a grad, you know. That's it. Um, and I think that's what it is because we didn't downplay uh, a lot of what we are good at and just see it as oh, it's not going to be good enough it doesn't have that blah, blah, boom. <laughs> you know yeah. I can't Creative tell people means you're telling me you want to be jobless right yeah that's, that's what you're telling me and it's like it's, oh, yeah okay. it doesn't sound <laughs> it just doesn't sound like anything that is going to make someone sound what say wow but most often or not <laughs> when you mm. when you you know most of the time with excellence anyway it does fry it does happen in it does require you to be one consistent but also to have some strength in that area and mm. most of the time when you're really good at something and you really bring value money will follow you that's <laughs> in it. that but it just takes a lot it takes time and it takes consistency and yeah. that's that's where people lose it but often or not money will follow those who can bring value uh, or can bring something to the table or can show some levels of excellence that's going to be beneficial yeah. in meeting the needs of somebody else. So it's 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 funny what we run away from. Sometimes we run away from our true mm. selves, not realising that it's in our true selves that we'll really find fulfilment and also yeah. find our blessing in our favour at times. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. One of the things I always say is that your job is to become more you when it comes to work and experiences like this. It's like, where do I thrive? Where should I show up and serve? Where can I show up as a leader? Where can I show up as a servant? All of those things. And yeah. it's really interesting because in last week's episode, I was sitting down with my guest and she basically was just like, my career doesn't make any sense. I don't have the qualifications for the roles that I've been able to go to. Mm. I can't explain to you the pay rises that just came to me. I didn't have to haggle for it. I just delivered the results and they were like, what do you need? What do you want? The people who have created roles for me, doors open, open, open. Oh, wow. And she was just like, it all came together when I realized it was me. It wasn't degree or no degree. It wasn't how many years experience it was. It was me showing up as me with my unique approach to the problem that was being solved and to the team and to the culture and stuff like that, that was just inherently valuable. And I think that's a huge thing when it comes to, okay, yeah, we're talking about like creative careers. I think that's what's so important about us getting the stories, getting the Virgil Abloh's, getting, you know, those prominent stories, fair enough, that seem like they're absolute unicorns. But the reality is it's demonstrating the pathway, exactly like you said, where it's like they've been steadfast. It didn't happen in their 20s. It didn't happen in their 30s. It happened later in life. But when it happened, it happened, exactly. right? And I think seeing people who look like us mm -hmm. exemplify that journey is so important. And I think, you know, I kind of want to use it to transition into our conversation around Black women transitioning into tech, because I think it's a similar thing. You look around and you go, who, like there's more 
And I took for granted, and sometimes I do take for granted that when you're in tech, like I know women that work in tech, I know female mm. engineers and stuff. But when I was new to it, I was like, so it's just me? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just me and like the random American girl that I follow on Instagram that I will probably never meet. But like anyone from South London in tech? No, just me? Okay. <laughs> like, but what would you, I guess... What have you found in your work around Black women opening their eyes and and just like being open to the possibilities of tech where maybe that path wasn't something that auntie or uncle did, but it's something that they're interested in? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's different reasons to why Black women Mm. want to transition into tech. I think there's been so much that has gone on uh, in the world. I think especially post-COVID or during COVID period when, you know, the lockdown Mm. and people had the opportunity to work from home. And then it just came into the realisation that actually, I don't want to be in the office five times a week. Mm. Um, I want a remote role. I can transition. I can do something with my time. And I think one of the biggest reasons why, especially Black women wanted to go into tech was mainly for economical empowerment. They wanted to make more money. Mm. And it's one of those sectors that some of the possibilities of having an increase was just available. Um, yeah. I don't think it's as high as the U- the US, but it was good enough mm. for them to, you know, transition. Because I have to point yeah. that out because a lot of women... It's that San Francisco salary. Uh, they're just like, oh, I saw six figures. That's not what they're paying. First they, of all, that's written in They're dollars. not paying that's that. That's not what they're paying you us know. because they're still anchored to London. Exactly. And even London will be different to Barcelona, will be different to Amsterdam. So, honey's detail, fine print. It, <laughs> Exactly. So I, I feel like I had to just say that because I know that's that, yeah. that perception. But yes, economic is that economic empowerment. Also, is the work um, the work life balance? It's the ability to be mm. at home. It's the ability to spend more time with family. To have that freedom to work in their home. A lot of people are not settling yeah. anymore into going into work. The most they will do is hybrid. They. It, it sounds like saying, you know, hearing that someone's working five days a week in the office is like. It's now becoming a foreign concept. I don't even know anyone that's doing that anymore. Um, I don't know. Even in the most, like, corporate of corporateness, that's not a thing. That's not really a thing, right? So I think it's it's women wanting to be at the forefront. But I think things are changing so rapidly. You know, AI and data, for those who are not aware of the whole chat GPT, you're just having literally a machine write a lot of information that normally will take you hours or possibly days mm. or weeks to figure out, um, will literally have the answer for you in the space of a few minutes, even though not everything is always as accurate, just disclaimer. Mm-hmm. But we'll have things in the space of a minute. You might just say, can you write me a proposal for, and then it will just write a proposal for you that you can just easily edit and tweak. And it's crazy how that kind of um, arti- artificial intelligence is taking over. And I think it's amazing to see that some uh, some Black women want to be a, a part of that kind of in- innovation, that move. And want to be mm. a, a part of, um, you know, having their input in data. And I think that's fascinating. And and obviously others, you know, they're just like, I need to get my money. But what's the most important thing is that with the way the world is going, there needs to be representation. And it's, it's, it's sad mm. when, especially as Black women, we're so used to being consumers and not innovators, we're always left mm. behind. And I think this is a great opportunity for a lot of us to wake up because of all the knowledge that is out there, as overwhelming yeah. as it can be, it's an opportunity to let us know that actually we can be at the forefront 
We don't have to be the ones always buying, but we can be the ones that are creating for others to buy. Yeah. Um, if only if, if people really want to build that not only generational wealth, but really have an impact for those who, who are big on social change and and DNI and all of that, then it, that's this is the perfect time. And I'm happy that some black women are just waking up to that and saying, Yeah, actually, yeah, I wanna know. But it's not for everyone, and there's there's non-tech mm-hmm. roles as well. So you don't have to be doing the data, but people want yeah. to be in that space. Um, where they can have an influence. 100%. And I think it's a huge thing. I think for me, I came from a very entrepreneurial family. So when I got my first role in tech and they were talking to me about shares and options, I was like, whoa, we're talking like salary and ownership. And, you know, you talk to folks who work for traditional companies. I think probably the closest thing that you get to it is maybe like John Lewis and partners where people know that the partners get a little pot money that they split and it's a bonus. But you're telling me that I've got a stake in this company And that is awarded based on merit. That's awarded just as the comp package. You can buy into more and stuff like that. And then I got into spaces where I knew people who were just like, I literally bought my house when X company I worked for went public. And you're starting to put it together to go, wait, so you're telling me you just went to work. You went to work, like you negotiated these shares in there and stuff. And obviously it's not the same as it was, say, like, let's go back like 10 years where like these are big unicorn valuations and the teams are really lean and stuff like that. But it's like actually that got you such a huge step up because you now have this investment out of you having a share or a stake in that company. And I think when I think about where we are, you know, you mentioned technology like ChatGPT. ChatGPT is huge. I've like been familiar and playing around with AI for the past six years because I'm just a nerd in general. (laughs) It's great. Um, But it's one of those things where like, it's almost like the film Hidden Figures where like the black women saw the IBM machine coming in and she said, look, you keep on doing your manual calculations, but you need to go home and study this machine because they're going to need somebody to operate this machine. And I want to be able to say my whole team is trained up on this thing. They are knowledgeable on this thing. They are in the room and you're actually deferring to them to go, hey, what's this and what's that? And, you know, I say that you can be an engineer on a product that uses AI or you can be a customer success, customer support, whatever that kind of looks like, yeah. but being part of the conversation. And I think I relate to what you were saying in the sense that I've worked for an analytics company, never thought I would have worked for it, but it's because I saw the people and the data. Mm. And prior to doing that, there were so many things that I dismiss and go, well, I'm never going to understand that. Mm. Never going to understand mm. NFTs. Never going to understand Web3, crypto. Never oh, going to understand gosh, it. Yeah, yeah. Now there's still a lot of learning to be done around all same, of those. Same, yeah. But there's a space where it's just like, I owe myself to at least try it. Mm-hmm. And like even seeing a wave of a lot of female communities saying, we're doing a Q&A night. We're doing a panel with other women who are in it telling you how easy it is to get set up or to at least give you the knowledge so that you can feel that you can be part of the conversation. Because again, it is very much, it's not about like scaremongering to say these things have come to take your job. It actually causes us to up level and prove our value in different ways. I'm not valuable because I can do data entry. That's the reality. There's an app. I can I can Google an app and download an app straight away and mm. get it to do that for me. Mm-hmm. So what am I bringing to the table above that? It's my perspective. It's my insight. It's my lived experience. It is my problem solving. Because so, you can go to ChatBT and say, can you do me a proposal on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you still need to know whether that proposal is worth well, it. It's weight in yeah. gold, angles, you know, the message, is it all in there? So, you know, it's not scaremongering, but it's like, how can we collaborate and mm. use these things to actually let our value shine? Mm-hmm. Um, 
when we're in those spaces. So yeah, this time of yes. It's a fun time. I'm telling you. It is I just time. want to encourage whoever listens to this and thinks, oh my mm. gosh, but I'm not the technical person. I'm not. <laughs> Hold up. Am I, I raised my hands. I'm still learning. I would say one of the best ways to learn is to put yourself in communities. And it's sometimes mm. to ask somebody who does know. And there's a lot of tech groups and forums around. Look at YouTube. There, there's ways that people can dump down information. Not because anyone's yeah. dumb, but they can simplify information much clearly you know in a, in such a clear manner for you to kind of understand a bit of the breakdown it, it everything mm. starts with intentionality you've got to be intentional about saying actually i'm going to go off and and research some spaces that's how it starts it starts in the mind it starts with you saying i'm actually going to go off and search for it i'm actually going to listen to this mm. podcast i'm actually going to try and maybe follow this person and then those who are even even you know who you really want to just really find a community you might even just send me a dm you know on instagram because mm. that's what it ha- that's what yeah. it starts right so don't overwhelm yourself and say oh my gosh what is this um mm. but just just yeah just be intentional about speaking to people who can i'm still learning myself i'm a year old in in tech really i've transitioned from various mm. different sectors from professional services uh you know to startups which I'm still back in a startup to legal a law mm. firm to you know so many different industries yeah but I know that I that one of the things that's motivated me was being around women who are just bold that they just get information and then they will share mm. with me and then I will find out and and that that's how I thrive and that's how I think most people can thrive as well it's just that having that community yeah um, so don't be overwhelmed because I'm just thinking maybe someone's going to yeah. listen to this and be like, what is Somebody and they're going to be like, oh, there's a lot of buzzwords. What's and it's so true. NFTs, this is too much. Yeah. And I, especially black women. We'll put some links in the show notes, but don't get <laughs> overwhelmed with this Please. stuff. We yeah. like it's here a hundred percent and I think that's so important because that was a big part of my journey in tech I found a black woman her name is Abadesi Sade, and she runs an organization called Hustle Crew which I ended up working for but it all started because I slid in her dms and I was like you run a thing called non-tech tech I'm in tech I don't know how to code how can I help how can I mentor people how can I tell more people that look like us that you don't need to know how to code I came in here with my hospitality and customer service skills and I just said teach me the rest but I can do this 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 and this that you want me to do and that's how I kind of started it and you know what you'll find more often than not I think it's really easy for us to kind of overthink outreaches like that but the reality is even those that you think are so far removed from things being new to them there's still always that space to kind of go, do you know what? Even if I don't have capacity for a coffee chat, reach out to this person, check out this community, check out this YouTube video, et cetera, et cetera. Because we all remember what it was like to be brand new, to be learning something. And I think that's the thing like in my work, we do a lot around growth mindset and growth mindset is ultimately believing that through your effort, you can improve your outcome. So really it's less about, is it Web3? Is it NFT? Is it crypto? It is, how can I refine my ability to learn? How can I work on my openness to learn new things? Or even recognizing, okay, don't put me in front of like 65 million slides, but put me in a room with other women who are passionate about it and can explain it to me in plain language, then I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna roll with it or get somebody to show me it, like open up, how do you, I don't know, like use examples like invest. How do you invest in Sainsbury's or whatever? It's like, show me it. So like learning how you learn 
because then all you're doing is putting in different inputs. You're just like, okay, so today I'm going to learn something new over here and something new over there. Um, and then you're building it and it feels a lot less daunting than kind of I should. Cause I think that's a big, I think that's a big misconception that people think, okay, I want to go into tech. So I need to go back to uni and do a computer science degree or something. Yeah. And they don't, you know, this is the area where I feel like, oh, this is my bread and butter because, mm. <laughs> um, tech boot camps. Most people, mm. you know, tech boot camps, and and we have we're like we're tr- we're basically um, our aim is to become the number one training ground for Black women to upskill in mm. tech at Neo boot camps. Uh, so we have women from all different like teachers, mothers, you know, stay at home moms, yeah. all of that who are basically being upskilled to get into tech to get to some at an entry level and to start you know from scratch and mm. build their way up. So definitely research tech boot camps. There's courses online. There's so many uh, different things available. So you don't have to go back mm. and do a computer science degree. By all means, yeah. you don't. But you should do a tech boot camp or you should do some courses that are credible enough to give you at least an entry level uh, uh, knowledge and, cap- and capability so that you can start applying for certain roles. So mm. no, you don't have yeah. to start again. Um, and there's also non-technical roles as well. So if you find that, okay, I don't mm. want to do the coding, look for areas in like, you know, account management or sales or um, HR or talent. There's so many different things as well that you, you don't have to limit yourself to one thing. This episode is brought to you courtesy of The Vault, my membership that is the secret weapon for high achievers everywhere. Through our private podcasts, monthly group coaching and intuitive networking, we have a community of folks who get it and are busy go-getting. Go to justjazz.co forward slash vault to join us today. I think this is the thing that often gets forgotten look around your house right now or look around you those of you who are listening zone in on a thing right a thing a billboard whatever it is right you might be looking at the button on the train there's a tech team as part of that company there is an element of technology in most companies now i mentioned sainsbury's earlier sainsbury's have an entire tech department because somebody built the online grocery shopping, right? And that doesn't mean that everyone's coding it, but it does mean that somebody is sitting in their house right now replying to my query about my order that's due tomorrow. That's still someone working in technology. That role is enabled by technology. So it doesn't have to be like this far-fetched or, you know, fang as it's called. Like it doesn't need to be Facebook, Google, da 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 Like you don't have to learn social media. And I'm talking to the person who's maybe like my mom's generation who's just like, I can't, what is all of this? I'm not TikToking. You don't have to. And you've got so much lived experience that can kind of go into that space. So I think it's so important for people to know and check out boot camps. We're definitely going to link Neo boot camps into the show notes. So if you do want to find out more, yeah, definitely. Or DM me um, at Sephora Amlan. But it's, yeah, there's, we've got so we've got a Neo boot camps um, Instagram page. We actually, have um our data analytics bootcamp that we're recruiting for as well as software testing mm. for those who are interested but we also do things for like founders so if you have an entrepreneur idea within tech or uh, innovation in general you can apply for like our founders bootcamp um, as well as 
our like Afro hair. So we have even a, a hair big mm. uh, which is gonna be accredited by Ostead for for Afro hair and stuff. Yeah. So there's a plethora Amazing. of different things for the woman who wants to transition and upskill. Yeah. I'm going to make you work a little bit because um, I told you, I'm going to be nosy. <laughs> what is the difference? Like what makes the Neo boot camps unique to anything that I could just like go and Google? Because that, you know, that's typically how we start. Yeah. We Google, somebody said tech boot camp. What kind of is the Neo difference, would you say? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it depends. So for the, for the Black women, it's a unique experience because she's obviously mm. learning with other Black women. And I think that mm. already in itself shows a, diff- a, a level of representation. To be in an environment where people look like you can be less daunting when you're in an environment where you're having all different kinds of backgrounds and then you might sometimes feel intimidated by the knowledge that the different people have. Um, two, mm. um, right now, a lot of our boot camps are virtual, which means it gives, and part-time, which means it gives the flexibility of people having full-time roles and then being able to study in the evening and going to their lectures um, in, yeah. in yeah, basically in the evening because they're live um, calls that you have to do with your tutor. So it's that balance that that, that is that can be provided to that woman to the black woman. Mm. I think that's quite unique. Also, our courses can even be free for six months, which means that it's rigorous. Um, you're learning actual languages and programs that are needed, and we have great organisations that we partner with. Um, and that we've mm. done great initiatives with from like KPMG, Goldman Sachs, Capgemini, um, to startups, etc. So I would say that's that's something that makes us unique. But also we're very passionate. Yeah. You know, um, I'm obviously being a partnerships manager, I'm not just going for organizations just to tick a DNI requirement, but I'm passionate mm. about the effect that it can have for generations to come. You know, um, yeah. according to the UN, women, equality will only be reached in the next 300 years or so. Mm. you know um but i honestly think that women especially black women have the opportunity to really start owning a lot of their career and their future with knowledge knowledge and intentionality and resilience because nothing is easy mm. you know nothing you'll do is easy i think some people might think oh going to tech is going to solve all my problems and i'm going to make money but mm. it's, it's hard work you know it's yeah. hard work so um, it's about having the people that you've got the right community to support you. You know, the fact that we have an employability coach, the fact that we have people who are pushing forward and, and holding these organisations accountable to give you opportunities. Mm. You know, you just got to grab for it. And I think that's what makes Neo unique. Yeah. It's what we stand for. Amazing. And you mentioned resilience and we touched on it before. I kind of want to switch it a little bit to you and like, how do you build your own resilience? Ooh. What does resilience look like in your own career? I would say this, um, and it's a biblical concept. I understood what mm. joy really meant because I used to think that joy for me was when everything went really well. Um, mm. But I quickly learned having joy when everything is not going so well, but still maintaining a level of optimism is by far a big one of the greatest acts of resilience. Resilience is, is basically saying, I'm going to keep going despite mm. the fact that I have so many hurdles and trials and um, issues and challenges, I'm still going to keep going. And I'll give an example. Four years ago, I applied for the University of Cambridge to do my master's in social innovation. Um, mm. I had gone to an open lecture. I had, you know, did my 
you know, networked with a few people who had done the course. I was getting the right support. Um, I did apply like right before the deadline, which is not recommended for any Oxbridge application. The earlier, mm. the better. But, you know, I really put effort in my application. I, I really reached out to um, the lecturers because I had this dream about doing my master's at Cambridge, especially um, because I just was in mm. love with Cambridge and I loved the social innovation course. It was really for people who yeah. had, were social entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs at heart, people who had social change, even in the areas of business and even in the public sector. And I said, yep, this is right off my street. I was never going to go back to, to school to do a master's if it wasn't where I thought mm. my career was going towards. I didn't get in. <laughs> Cut mm. the story short, you know. This was a place that I was telling my parents, my mom especially, I'm going to go to Cambridge. I want to go to Cambridge. Yeah, I want to go destined. to Cambridge. You I'll know, I'll be there. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And let me tell you something. It took resilience to go off and apply again. Okay. Mm. It wasn't hard because rejection isn't hard, especially, like I said, it can go up with your upbringing. It can go up with different things, you know, and, and your different attachment style. I know it's a big thing now, knowing what type of attachment yeah. style you have, whether you've got an anxious attachment style or the avoidant or the secure or whatever it is, research it. Mm. If you've got a therapist, you might be able to explain it. But um, yeah. it's, it's hard. But for me, it was a goal that I had. And four years later, I said, I'm going to reapply. And this time, you know, I'm going to send my application early. I'm going to continue to do more research because they asked you to do quite a bit of things. And then you got to do an interview and all mm. of that. But I got in, you know, I eventually got mm. in. So I'm I'm going to be starting uh, my master's this October. And, I, and, and that's resilience. It's not easy. I think mm. because it doesn't help now that a lot of us see the end product of many things. Um, we are on platforms. Mm like LinkedIn and Instagram, especially if you're on Twitter, a lot of people sharing their thoughts, but they do share their wins, but it's a lot of people yeah. sharing their thoughts, whether it's good, yeah, silly journey. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but Instagram and LinkedIn always, most of the time shows the the, the end results of the outcome of mm. somebody's work or somebody's, somebody's hard work or recognition or whatever. So we're so used to seeing someone say, I just got promoted. I got this. I just bought the house. I just that. So mm. when something is too tough, well, like, this is not for me. And in some cases, you've yeah. got to be able to discern whether it is the case or whether it isn't. But I'm speaking towards the person that has, that just said, like, it's not for me without really trying. Like, mm. and, and that's resilience. Resilience is a mindset thing. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to still run. And that's why marathons are a great example because a lot of people, when they run in marathons, they're not doing it to win mm. necessarily to be the first. They're just doing it because they just want to reach the finish line. So they train in yeah. order to not Temptation. give up, right? That 5K run mm. and make it towards the finish line. That's just their goal. That's it. And that's how, and that's what a resilient person is. It's not necessarily for them to say, oh, I was the first person to buy the house, right? But mm. it's to say that I never gave up even when everything was just, you know, hitting me yeah. uh, right in the face. Yeah. I, I continued to persevere. I continued to, to apply for jobs. I didn't give up. I continued to uh, to, to work in my relationship uh, and I just didn't give up on the person. It, it's, mm. Resilience will look differently to everyone. But as long as you have kept going, even in the times of adversity, that's yeah. resilience. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so important. And I think even as we're talking as to Christian believers, mm. the big thing that comes to mind is, you know, that saying of knowing who you are and whose you are. Mm. 
and being anchored in the midst of the storm. Like it's a big thing, you know, for me, that comes from a place of faith. But in terms of when I work with clients, it comes from a place of mindset where if you know what you need to stand, if you know what you're capable of, if you know what your potential is, if you know where you've come from, when something comes to face you head on, you're able to say, okay, This is going to be hard, but I can do hard things. This is going to be a challenge, but I've seen challenges before. I have no clue what is going on, but there's a roof above my head still. That You know, you're able to anchor yourself in whatever that kind of space for it is, or Mm. you know, this doesn't make sense to me right now, but one day it will. And you're able to, you know, in general senses, we can sometimes think of those things as affirmations, but ultimately it's attached to something. And in that sense, we start to see resilience as a muscle. We're able to borrow it. So maybe you had a tough family relationship yeah. and you can take the relate the the like lessons and the resilience that you exercise there to your current romantic relationship challenges yeah. and work challenges you can take that into you know again like you explained like okay I want to progress academically but actually I've lost pitches at work what did I learn from that what did I do what was my approach did I go back for feedback did did anything bad happen when I went back for feedback like what are all of those sort of pieces that you can kind of go, wait, I've I've been here before. It just looked different. The characters were different. The outcome looked different, but I've been in this space of resilience before and in that season to a certain extent. Yeah, exactly. No, a hundred percent. I completely agree. And I think that Q is my faith as well. And even as a Christian, you have your moments mm. of weariness. It's funny because I'm talking about how do you, still have that zeal in a moment of weariness. It's Mm. normal. It's normal. But I think one of the biggest secrets is you've got to be, so you've got to be in the right environment because isolating Mm. yourself when you're trying to persevere can be very tough. But when you're around people who are going through adversity and they're persevering, most of the time it's a bit like, it's like a child. And I say this all the time Mm. and I've had to learn that I'm not a, a mother yet. Uh, and and I mm. pray that I will be one day. But one of the best way I've learned is by seeing and not by hearing, not always by hearing. Mm. Meaning, I remember when I asked my mom, um, oh, mom, I want to get my second ears pierced, even though I don't even know why I don't want my second earring, all of that for nothing. I said, mom, I want to <laughs> get my second ears pierced. And she said, no, you're not going to do that. It's not, why? Well, you're too young, you're 14, why do you want to get, you know, more piercing? My mom had like yeah. three, like she got like a lot, like little I was about to hair. say, my mum went with my sisters and I was like, what is going on? Is there any more space <laughs> but, left? She was just like, I like it. <laughs> but my mum was like, no, because you're too young. Why do you want to have too much? Because she was just looking at what, how would I be perceived at that mm. time, you know? Yeah. Um, but I said to her, but you have it. You got your mm-hmm. piercing. And that's what made her say, okay, you, you can do it. Because mm. she didn't have any <laughs> ground now to say no. <laughs> and that's because as a child, we will see what our parents do. And, I, and you know, like the same mm. way, for example, if a child is seeing their parents, unfortunately, I'm not saying that, I think, I think my mom didn't do that, but if a mm. child saw their mom cursing all the time and the mom goes, stop cursing, that's bad. The child's going to think, but you curse, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's the same way when it comes to, um, when it comes to our faith or building resilience. Sometimes when you're around people and you're seeing it, and not just having mm. someone encourage you and be like, just be resilient. Just have faith. Because mm-hmm. that's not a lie. Sometimes we, God is good all the time. All the yeah, time. but I'm falling apart right now and I need to pay my rent. Is God that, is good, but 
exactly. Sometimes <laughs> it's not what you want to hear, but it's what you want to see. And that's yeah. why testimonies are good when people are sharing their testimonies. Mm. And when you're seeing someone who's gone through the rough and they're persevering and they have joy, you're like, ah, if so-and-so mm. did it, this is also encouraging yeah. for me. And that's why I tell people, don't always isolate in moments of community. You'll be surprised. Mm. Most of, most of, especially now, most of what you're going through to an extent, somebody else is going through. If it's financially, yeah. it's a high cost of living crisis, especially for us who live, who, you know, who, who no longer live at home mm. or whatever, or who may be single and not sharing and not, ma- you know, married to yeah. share the rent or whatever it is. You know, you'll be surprised at how someone could sh- show up smiling mm. but they can't make it to your birthday dinner because they don't have enough yeah and that's just the reality yeah so don't isolate yourself and that's something i would have told myself a few years ago or even a few weeks ago mm. or months ago don't isolate yourself but find examples find irons you know iron sharpens irons mm. find irons right find irons around you it can be one person can be mm. one person, but there's so much you can learn from that one person who's demonstrating what you want, right? So yeah, a hundred percent. Everything that you're saying is essentially what's at the core of my personal development community because I work with high achievers. I know that we are quite often the strong friend, the go getter in the group. So when it comes time for us to break down and be vulnerable, <laughs> it's like ah, I will destroy the structure of my entire friendship group if I now tell them or tell everybody that I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z because I'm the one that they come to for the motivational pep talk, but I don't even have it to give right now. And just creating that safe space where we can be both that go-getter, but we can also be like, so today I cleared my entire calendar because I need to learn to rest. And most of the time, sometimes, you know, and I've I've learned that, sometimes people admire you more because they'll be like, so how have you been able to give? And you're going through this, wow, like... Mm. What the enemy meant for evil, God could turn it around for your good. We can't pretend. 100%. Um, we can't. We can't pretend. You know, we can't. Yeah. Be open, be free, but do it with wisdom. Um, discern who to speak mm. to. That's what you got to do. It's not yeah. everybody you pour That's yourself it. out to, but just discern who's the right person for you. Yeah, 100%. Oof, that's so much. We could keep talking forever and ever. But I'm going to ask the big question that I try to ask everybody. What is your career teaching you right now? Oh, character development. Mm. Character development. (laughs) And I'll say this, why um, my role has completely taken me out of my comfort zone. You know, my Mm. previous role that I was doing when I was kind of doing my own business and contracting, it was like, yeah, it was a case of, I can do this in my sleep, right? You know, I could do this with my eyes closed, you know? And if I did have a challenge, it wasn't like a big deal because I knew I could overcome it quite quickly. This role requires me to go and stretch deeper. And I think everybody needs Mm -hmm. to go for a point in their career where they are stretched deeper because that's how you persevere and that's how your character is developed. Mm -hmm. That's how you see parts of yourself you didn't see in other roles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say character development, especially because I'm a, you know, I have a team that I manage and got to do their Mm -hmm. appraisals, all of that. It's not just about me. It's it's my leadership style. How do I make sure that they're doing well? Are you going to be that manager that secretly you don't want to lose your team? So you hold them Mm -hmm. and instead of pushing them forward for opportunities, your character will be tested both privately and publicly 
publicly. So I would say that's what I'm, that's what my, my career is teaching me at the moment. Wow. And you, you even, even when you said character development, the second time you said it, I said, you're in the midst of something, (laughs) but you're going to give me what you can give me. You're in the midst of something right now. I am. Because it's (laughs) it's like you said, it's not always fun. It's not, we spoke about, you know, learning about yourself being very insightful and you understanding how this is set up to serve you for what is next. Because essentially when it comes to growing our careers, we want to make sure that we, when we arrive at the place that we say we want to be, we can hold it. Mm-hmm. right we, yes. we can hold it or at least try and hold it try and juggle it a little bit we want to you know today is preparing you for what it is that you say that you want tomorrow so I think there's so much in that and I think even going back to what I said at the beginning where it's like it's a values led I can tell for you being a manager of people being a leader of a team is also very serious because you hold their careers in your hands and you I think do. we sometimes you do take for granted that that comes naturally easily that it isn't as intentional as it actually is. Um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes leaders of people get made into the enemy. But it's not even <laughs> just like leading people. It's you know, not. when you're a manager, you've got OKRs, you've got targets, you've got deliverables, you yeah. know. My, accountability. You've got accountability. My direct line management is C-suite. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a lot. But at the same time, I also, I kind of love some aspects of the challenge. I, I love who have evolved the person I'm becoming, mm-hmm. I can really put leadership and really say, okay, I have leadership skills, uh, you know, because yeah. I'm really taking ownership. I'm really serving. I, I'm understanding my leadership style. I have a lot of a servant leadership, but also a feminine type of leadership. I'm very empathetic, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I've had to discern to be empathetic, but also be realistic and get the work done because sometimes it's so understanding yeah. that you're like, but you know, the but it still needs to be done kind of thing. It's so, when C-suite goes, so how's that going? Yeah, like, yeah, you've got to do it. So it's about, it's it's a, it's, it's a growth journey, but I, I feel like um, it's it's amazing as well. Um, it has mm. a lot of perks. I feel like I have the best team in the world. Um, I, have, I work with phenomenal people. I really look up to my CEO uh, and COO for what they're doing, mm. being Black women as well. It's encouraging for me to see because the more you see it, yeah. the more you believe it right? Because mm. you've seen it. The same way, the more you've worked in roles where you they, they make millions of turnover, you're not going to be shocked that, you know, somebody's now making a billion because you, you're, you're, you're exposed to certain things. And that's why environment yeah. and where you're, just, you know, and how you decide to flourish within your career is important, you know, to be in mm. the spaces that also encourages you to level up. 100%. Oh, so much in there. Before we wrap up, where can people connect with you and follow your journey? And of course, find out more about Neo Boot Camps and the work that you're doing too. Yes. So first, um, Sephora Amlan. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I am on there. So at Sephora, I think, you know, Jazz can put my details. My LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love when people connect with me. So (laughs) again, it's Sephora Amlan. Oshu, again, I can provide all the details to Jazz. And um, for Neo Bootcamps, literally Neo Bootcamps on Instagram or go to our website, which is bootcamps.neo.co. I believe all that information can be provided below. But if you want to be so extra you can go on my website as well, which is www.sephoraamland.com. So all that information is on there. All every, You can find literally everything about me on my website um, because part of my brand and also on my mm-hmm. socials. 
amazing thank you so so much this was just such an informative chat a real one just authentic about like what it is to be in the middle because i think we get the beginning stories we get the end but it's like actually character development is what's happening resilience is what is apparent like yeah so thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today you're welcome thank you for having me jazz you're a great host and yeah i think honestly god bless you it was great i loved it don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.